Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Hello, welcome to Punk Rock Elite, a podcast about no effects. I'm Eddie French, and I'm here with my co-host Red Redmond. Hello, how are you? I am all right, thank you. We've decided to make this podcast about no effects because they are finishing their stopping. They are calling it quits after 40 years, and we thought we should probably do something to commemorate that. No one's asked us to. Some people have suggested we don't, but we're going to do it anyway. So uh, we're going to be having guests on talking about records and songs in particular, their relationship with the band. For anyone who doesn't know, I don't know why you'd be listening if you don't understand what the title was and what the <laughs> words in it were. Some people do. Some people have a lot of commuting to do. So <laughs> No Effects, a punk rock band from California, formed in 1983 and unforming in this year, the year of recording 2023. So they've got 15 full-length albums. They've got about 17 EPs. They've got some live albums and compilations. Uh, they they currently comprise of Fat Mike on vocals and bass, uh, Aaron Aberta, known as El Jefe, on guitar and trumpet and vocals, Eric Melvin on guitar, vocals and accordion, and Smelly, uh, Eric Sandin, as he's known to his friends. Actually, he's known as Smelly to his friends, uh, <laughs> on drums. And that's who we're talking about. I am Eddie French. I'm a comedian, and I do other things as well, assorted entertainment. And I've been a huge fan of No Effects for a very long time. And that's not what we're talking about today, because we are talking to my friend, colleague, co-comedian, and... General Redmond, uh, Red Redmond, uh, not General Redmond. I uh, don't remember you being military. Uh, and if you have, uh, I'm impressed that you've achieved the rank of general. Such a short time in it. Uh, Red, please uh, introduce yeah, yourself. I, I, I'm impressed by, I, I'm impressed by the rank that you've given me there. <laughs> like I think I've done very well in the armed forces, oh, yeah. as it sounds. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm a big, been a big fan of No Effects for a long time, and I kind of can't believe that it. it it's coming to an end. I mean, like, yeah. and, and so soon as well. Like, we've already got our tickets for NoFX's, uh, one of NoFX's final shows in the UK. Yes. And it, it's scary how close it is. Yeah, it is. I don't think I've processed it yet. It's a really strange thing. I, I haven't at no. all. No, it's so weird because I really, really love NoFX. And I sort of feel like they've constantly been there since I was a teenager. And and it's very strange. It's like sort of finding out that your mate is moving to Canada. We live in the UK, by the way. Um, <laughs> so it, Canada's pretty big, but, you know, it, it's a weird thing. It's, it's like someone's going. Someone's leaving the party early, ironically, for no effect. It feels a little bit unfair as well when, you know, Fat Mike has always said that no effects would, would go as long as uh, bad religion. Yeah. You know, as as long as Bad Religion are performing, no effects were performing. That's what mm -hmm. he's always said. But obviously, you know, Bad Religion still about, still touring. Oh yeah, and no effects have decided to throw in the towel. I think that's an interesting decision. Yes, I mean, also, I I imagine, 
uh, I imagine a lot of the decision is is down to um, you know, like they they uh, they said quite an unfortunate joke at a, a Las Vegas show <laughs> yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, and my understanding is it hasn't been as bad over here in the UK, but in America, my understanding is that they've really struggled to actually perform, like to find venues that would, uh, you know, you know, keep the mm. bookings in, yeah, yeah. and um, there, there's been a lot of protests. Um, over a, you know an, an unfortunate joke a joke that i would say is not dissimilar to things they've said in the past but i can understand why it was uh you know well you know they went too far with it obviously and i think they'd admit that but it's it, it's a shame nonetheless. it was crass and tasteless certainly again i've probably seen them say similar if not worse but possibly at gigs where camera phones weren't quite as big a thing and Maybe not uh, something quite so horrible and recent. Yeah, I think, Again, yeah. We come here not to praise Fat Mike, but to bury him. <laughs> well, I, th- I you know, I, I, he, he said in his own words, hasn't he, that, that he, you know, he he, um, he doesn't stand by what he says. And he, or, or I think it was actually no. a joke that Melvin said. But, um, it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he, he doesn't stand by those sentiments. And I think it was actually, um, wasn't it Fletcher from Pennywise who sat him down and, and chatted it through with him and sort of going like, look, you know, like uh, the, these are people who have, who, have, who have lost someone and to be laughing at that so close to the event is probably a little bit too far. And, you know, like he's, he's admitted that that was probably that was good Fletcher. advice. <laughs> yeah, if that Fletcher thinks you've taken a joke a bit too far. <laughs> From what I understand, that's very possibly quite the indictment. <laughs> if, if if Greg Graffin sat down and explained to him over a book, <laughs> yeah, <or> why? <laughs> I assume that's how he does stuff, you know. Did a small lecture to him with his whiteboard, explained it, and go, "Well, I do get that, but you know, whatever." If Fletcher goes, mate, that was a bit much. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you've gone. Yeah, yep. Yeah, all right, that was a bit much. Yep, because they had a whole year's worth of shows cancelled in the US. Yeah, absolutely. I think they they came to Europe and Australia. Yeah, I don't know whether they found that difficult to do that here, but well, I think that it's over possible. here they've. Um... That they've been just uh, kind of sticking with Slam Dunk Festival and like uh, uh, running a stage for them for the past few years, and I, I believe isn't yeah. the, the, these shows are tied in with Slam Dunk in some way as a promoter? I believe they are. Yes, they are the sort of like punk and droblick festivals that they were doing. Mm. They don't have the beer promotion here, but <laughs> right, yes, yeah. they had the, the punk and droblick where they had. Uh, Free beer until that ran out. Um, <laughs> five bands, one stage, and all hand selected by by Mike. And so you yes, bad cop, bad cop, and you know lag wagon, the bomb pops, the bomb pops, precisely. Yeah, you'd get the uh, the the crop of friends and label mates. For those of you who don't know, Fat Mike runs Fat Records. I feel like I have to add that in. I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you didn't already have a baseline understanding, but every podcast is someone's first, I guess. So for the sake of uh, completion, I'll uh, keep doing that. So that was the Punk and Droblick Festival that they took around, basically because they got cancelled. They had to just buy a parking lot and uh, <laughs> run it on their own thing. I think it it just goes to 
it just goes to show, doesn't it, that like if you are going to cancel a band, you may as well go and cancel a band with a lot of experience in just DIY events. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're they're gonna they're gonna be able to weather it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're both kind of low key cut up about No Effects calling it a day, which I've not. Don't think I've felt that. Have you ever felt that about a band before? No, not not for a for a long time. I mean, like I'm constantly in a state of 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 being fearful that bands I love may break up. You're you know, right, like yeah. uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of of the Bronx, and like mm. I just I just feel like there's a chance that they might call it a day, and I, I'm I'm constantly <laughs> right. living fear of that. Um, but no, I, I think this is the first band in a long time that's. Um, that, that I've been upset is is calling it a day. And I think it's because not just like because of how great like their own music is, but like no effects is so intrinsic in the punk scene in general yeah. and in the sound of punk music over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And I think that, you know, as much as I'm mourning the loss of no effects, I suppose I have to look at the bright side of maybe Fat Mike's going to have more time to spend on Fat Records because I think that, the musical output of that record label is fantastic. Yeah. And I think that the work he does in the music industry away from no effects is just as good as his involvement in the band itself. Absolutely. It's one of those things where I've heard him say, you know, people who got fat records tattoos in the nineties, he thinks that most of them are probably still proud of them rather than going, Oh, I better get this covered up. <laughs> How much for an epitaph? You know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those. And because he's done other stuff, he's done Honest Don's records, uh, which was um, uh, for sort of non-fat sound bands. And I think for a while there was a label called Pink and Black, which was focused more on female-fronted groups, and like a fabulous disaster. They were on there, and the dancehall crashes. I think, I think. Great. There's all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's all that kind of thing. It is strange to have them calling it quits. So anyway, let's go and deep dive on Red Redmond and their relationship with No Effects. Mm. When do you first remember hearing No Effects? You know, like I came to No Effects a little bit later than I'd love like then than I'd like to admit really. I mean like I was, you know, fully aware of them throughout school and stuff, but I became a fan of them in my early twenties. You know, uh twenty one mm. to twenty four was when I was like um when I when I when I first started sort of like listening to them, started to go and see them live. I've probably seen them three or four times at this point. Um and I've you know, I've 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 been a fan for as long as I've I've heard their music. Um I think that you know, I feel like it's um, No Effects is the sort of band that I wish they were a little bit bigger when I was a teenager because when I was a teenager, everyone was listening to you know like the worst Green Day albums. Yeah. Warning, you know, like because Green Day. <laughs> well, no, I would say like Green Day used to be like all, all right, you know, like earlier stuff I'm sure. a big fan of, but then like American Idiot onwards is basically when I was a teenager, ah, right. and that was basically what people thought punk right, right. was. So when I was a teenager, people thought punk was like Green Day and Fall Out right, Boy. Right. 
And it's uh, really frustrating <laughs> when I grew up and realized that actually there was a lot of really good punk music around at that time. Oh, yeah. Uh, that for some reason hadn't made its way to rural Derbyshire. What? Um, <laughs> the, the D. I know, right? That's what the DB and D beat stands for, isn't it? Derbyshire. The Derbyshire beat. <laughs> 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 crossover Derbyshire shit you know it's really really good <laughs> the initial single I think was quite enjoyable of American Idiot yeah. I think that the you know with it being like a concept album mm. with them doing you know like Boulevard of Broken Dreams which kind of just sounds like well I mean I think it's quite obvious that they're, they're trying to do Oasis yeah. but um <laughs> it is the Wonderwall cards <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, they nicked them off the Beatles so you know what never heard that theory <laughs> We'll go into that in our next podcast. Be here now. We'll name it after the best and most loved of all the Oasis <laughs> albums. <laughs> That's what we do. So you were fat reckless. You were being I was. given the sort of the major label punk, which and I don't know about Fallout Boy, but certainly Green Day and No Effects definitely gigged together over the years before oh, either sure. of them yeah, were yeah. successful, you know. Mike's talked about how he's friends with Billy Joe and he thinks that Mike Dirnt is weird. Uh, you know, <laughs> So maybe he is. I've never met him. Do you know who or when it was that who, people who introduced you to no effects or when the first time you sat and listened to it? or well, I think, you know, like when I was uh, early 20s, you know, like, like maybe I'd just turned 20 or something and I was like um, desperate for, you know, like I, I'd used to like... Um, you know, as soon as I find a genre that I really like, I, I kind of want to know everything about that genre. I kind of want to find all of the key players that yeah. have like helped uh, build that sound. And when I was getting into sort of US punk, because I was, I've always been a big fan of like uh, UK punk um, as, as far back as I can remember. But I think it was in my 20s where I started to get into, um, you know, US punk of like the late 80s, early 90s, noughties. Um, because, as I said, when I was at school, mm. you could be tricked into thinking that American punk was later AFI and later Green Day and stuff that, you know, does, doesn't, it yeah, isn't yeah. kind of what excites me now. Um, but then when I was in my early 20s, I discovered, mm. you know, like the the all of the good punk bands, you know, like all of the all of, you know, your, your, your rancid, yeah. uh, bad religion. Uh, no effects would be like the big players, and then you know, like I'm a, I'm a huge Dropkick Murphys fan, yeah. um, amongst others. And I actually think it was um, at an Edinburgh Fringe Festival where we were uh, sharing accommodation, yes. and I, I think that you basically gave me a hard drive. Full oh yeah, of, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything that I ever needed to <laughs> that's listen. That's true. To. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> we. Um, that's right, because we, we didn't know each other. We had a mutual friend, and who was yeah doing all doing the fringe and they said uh, i said hey mutual friend where are you staying for the fringe and he said oh um this elizabeth place and a flat going to... i'm not telling you his name but that is how he sounds it's a good impression <laughs> there's a place and a flat going yes good yeah solid because <laughs> i yeah i didn't spend a month with him because i immediately signed on to go into this flat and he went well i'm not going to the fringe anymore bye so <laughs> It was you, me, a famous boy, and uh, uh, someone from Greece who all lived in this flat oh, yeah. together. And <laughs> the famous boy was off with uh, his friends, oh, which is perfectly fine. He wasn't famous then. He is now. He's very good, very nice. I like yeah, him. Yeah, he's very um, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The man from Greece, uh, 
I hear nothing about him anymore, and that's fine. Uh, all comedians, by the way, not not just a Greek guy who wanted a nice long holiday um, <laughs> and, and the money to spend. Very yeah. expensive holiday during the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> yeah, I do remember saying, oh, if you like that, here's got a clip drive, a flash drive, a load of stuff, and that was in your ears for the rest of the month, as I recall. Because I was already into, like, uh, there, there were certain bands that I, I had a good, like, knowledge and understanding of. You know, I, I was really into Amen. Um, oh, yeah. Who I, I love I love their... their um, did, they, did they only do two albums? De- Death of Music and We Have Come For Your Children or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's... that's what they were called. But I'd always... <laughs> I, I'd always just struggled to find bands like that you know like um where, as, as i was saying earlier you know like if if i were to google at the time which was kind of a not not a new thing but it certainly wasn't as useful as as search engines are now but if i were oh, to yeah. look for american punk i would get sort of like sent down the whole uh, green day uh, afi um sort of rabbit hole when actually i was kind of looking for you know hardcore really and i think it's yeah. you that like put me on to leftover crack and stuff like yeah, that i did yes sorry about that in hindsight <laughs> <laughs> the the crack steady seven and that kind of thing yeah yeah that sort of because it was the next logical step from operation ivy that whatever members of that particular scene have gone on to reveal about themselves <laughs> you know we're not the drama channel guys <laughs> no tea spilt that sound it was it was where operation ivy were headed yeah it was taking that hardcore and scar blend that bands like random hand do it as well it's not scar with a cheesy grin on the face yeah sure uh, it's not where your trumpet player is dressed as a bee <laughs> for fun you know, it's not that kind of, you know, circus scar. <laughs> and I mean that with all due respect, because I've seen plenty of it and I enjoy it just fine. It's just context, you know, it's fine. But <laughs> it's not the stuff that really thrills me. Because I, There's some real big fish fans listening to this who are furious right and now. And <laughs> they also know the exact DVD that I'm referring to because I own it and I enjoy it. Anyway, Josie Long the comedian she was being interviewed once about something and she said that when she was younger she was a really big fan of hole because Mm -hmm. she hadn't heard bikini kill yet fair and hole were doing that thing that was like bikini kill yeah but not quite yeah yeah so this there's something here there's something and then you go bikini kill and you go that's the thing i've been looking for Yeah, yeah yeah so it's and I remember you saying that you were, your friends who were quite into sort of more um, cheerful scar, upbeat stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, the scar punk. So you were clearly getting that thing going, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. And then you hear well, that I, sort of harder version. I, I was aware of, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, bands around that sort of like... Um, you know, around that scene. So, like, I was big into the Mad Caddies. Oh, know, yeah. Because I, 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 well, I was about to say I used to, but I still do smoke a lot of weed. So, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and Mad Caddies is, is, is perfect, sort of like, you know, uh, chill out with some friends um, and smoke a bong in their oh, back yeah. garden sort of vibes. Um, so, like, I was, I was big into, like, Mad Caddies. Um, but, again, like... Didn't didn't know that they were on Fat Records and didn't know um, their connection to No Effects. 
So you're in your early 20s, right? You're... Yeah. Which I'm not anymore, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of us are, dear. None of us are. <laughs> so you're living in Manchester. Mm-hmm. You've started doing comedy. Started doing comedy while you're at uni. Actually, yeah, when I was like 18, I started far too early and was mm. shit for a good few years. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you uh, have a look at any of my early work, you can see that you don't have to start early to be shit for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Manchester, the good music scene in Manchester. Yeah. Have you found people take you being a fan of no effects? Because they are divisive. They can be, yeah. I think that... I think that a lot of the anger towards no effects normally comes from misunderstanding. I know that I've heard a few people hear the odd no effects lyric and assume that, like, for instance, that Fat Mike may be transphobic, which I think you couldn't be further from the truth. It seems unlikely to me. Uh, absolutely. But I, I have heard these, I have heard people um, say as much. I, I think a lot of it is just like misunderstanding. I've witnessed a misinterpretation. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, there was a song on one of his uh, more recent albums, which is, you know, you know, is very, is, is very clearly about that, about not feeling a part of like, um, the latest um, wave of uh, so ge- gender activism, I yeah. suppose. But I don't think that it comes from a place of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that it's... From Double Album, one of the last two records. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think that it comes from a place of a- anger. I think he's just sort of like trying to explain where he is culturally. Mm. Um and I think that he, he's obviously like, he's fine for people to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's just talking about um, his own uh, position in it. And, you know, like he's, he's much older. And I think to expect someone of his age to be a part of the super cool, mm. you know, youth movement is a little bit unrealistic. But I, I, Mike I know is not on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. He's not, that's a, yeah. not getting the latest memos. On what's all right and what isn't you know he's generally going around going i like it when people are allowed to be themselves and it makes the world better and then he doesn't they them a non-binary person initially and then <laughs> and then presumably does after they go oh soz you know as far as that goes if you look at the support he gave to laura jane grace yeah uh, from against me when she came out and transgender dysphoria blues came out on fat and i think they did their bass player and drummer left at roughly the same time. Yes, yeah, yeah. One because they were an arsehole and the other I don't know which way around it was. One just because they were like, No, oh, I was I was going to leave anyway. But but this does look bad on me. I do appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't have this marked in the diary, you know. Didn't one of uh against me's drummers aren't they with Slipknot now? I don't know. It's not Atom Willard, though. I think that... Because didn't Laura Jane Grace do, like, a tweet once where she was, like... Uh, she, like... She was, like, shit-talking an old drummer of hers. <laughs> she was, like, uh, isn't it a nightmare when your drummer doesn't, like, turn up to rehearsal, you know, miss beats and cues, blah, 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 all this. Um, uh, on an unrelated note, <laughs> good luck with that, Slipknot. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think I've made that up. I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> we'll find out. Send us a message. Let us know if you know which band that was actually related to, or if Red made it up. We'll find <laughs> out. 
no effects have a song that is literally an excuse for them to tell ethnic jokes to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Arming the proletariat with potato guns, sort of Herb Albert trumpet going on, and then they just stop and go, hey, have a Mexican joke. Oh, no. I think that what I, I quite like about no effects is that they're constantly on that line between being serious and, you know, nothing should be taken serious. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, constantly playing with that like because there are some things that they believe quite rightly like should never be taken seriously and you know like i think that they would clue them, themselves in that like anything that is directed at themselves first and foremost yeah absolutely like, very very silly and stupid but then like there's so many songs like um one of my favorites of theirs um i think it features on a few it's like, it's like a b-side on a few things but um and there's a few different versions of it as well but a song called you're wrong yeah, is, yeah. Um, very, 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 like you know, serious and to the point, and uh, mm. you know, it isn't a joke at all. Um, no, but somehow it does stand up next to their sillier songs. Um, oh yeah, uh, I don't know. Like it, it, it's. I think it's quite an impressive back catalogue, really, for that reason. You're right. I do love the fact that the same band that can write new boobs <laughs> yeah. can also write. She didn't lose her baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? That's, it's not like anti-flag suddenly come up with a hilarious umpa song to slap in the middle of their <laughs> one of their albums. Yeah. They should though. They should. I mean, absolutely, like they should. Yeah. <laughs> they need to start changing it up a of little. Of course. Bit. <laughs> yeah. So you've seen No Effects a few times. You say any sort of standout memories from any of those times? You know, I've seen um. Uh, I've seen them probably three or four times. I think the thing that always stands out with with uh, No Effects is like they they are just fucking about. Like hmm. you know, like they've they've got their set list and stuff, and they will they will get through it to the best of their ability. <laughs> <laughs> that ability yeah. may waver throughout hmm. the show. I love that sometimes they'll finish a song and they'll just be like, "No, oh, we didn't do that one very well tonight." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that that honesty. <laughs> Um, we we can't also do that with jokes. That... No, one, no one ever says, "Oh, I didn't tell that one very well tonight." <laughs> no, you're right. And, and I also think one thing that always stands out from their stage show, um, I've always liked the concept of uh, their backdrop slowly getting smaller throughout the show. So if, if <laughs> yeah. you're a fan of No Effects, you're probably not. We're talking about, mm. but they have uh, a backdrop towards the, you know, on on the the back of the stage, uh, which isn't as large as you'd like it to be. Uh, they comment on it not being the size they'd like it to be. Mm. Um, so then it is then immediately, uh, it, it falls to the floor in a sort of like a kabuki drop type way uh, to reveal <laughs> an even smaller sign. Yeah. And this happens throughout the show about four or five times <laughs> until it reveals the, 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 the tiniest of banners. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> the no effects written in gaffer tape on Smelly's kick drum is bigger by the yeah. end uh, of the backdrop it's just emphasizing their <laughs> diy roots mm. and it's lovely to see that when you know i mean i've seen them on stages as big as like download festival oh, and yeah. it's lovely to see them stick with the same stage show despite being on a massive stage yeah, yeah. and i think it really does show up the sort of very entertaining but synthetic nature of a band so I'm I'm going to go for some really low-hanging fruit here, say like Steel Panther, who are mm -hmm. yeah. deliberately synthetic and silly. Um, 
they're aware of it so it's not the best example but like can't quite think of a band who are like steel panther but aren't in on their own joke just escape me for a moment they it's do funny. exist though. it's guns and roses isn't it oh well, i mean it's, it's at yeah, least yeah, axel rose are, of yeah. guns and roses <laughs> Bloody i'm, I'm certainly like I, i'm certainly a fan of duff and slash yeah i think like they're phenomenal musicians really cool people yeah yeah um you know i was i was a big velvet revolver fan oh yeah, yeah. um uh but but yeah, I you know like uh, I, I would never pay to see Guns N' Roses, no. particularly not now. We've got a list of questions here that we're going to ask everybody who guests. Uh, this is the first outing of the Punk Rock Elite questionnaire. Red Redmond, mm-hmm. what's your favorite No Effects song? Favorite song? Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always now, I always get it get it wrong and the amount of times that i've shouted the name of this song at my alexa <laughs> and she still doesn't know what i mean um what's it the, the it's on war on um it's on war on errorism mm-hmm. um is it, is it i think it's the second track is it ir- irrational the irrationality irra- of rationality that's exactly it the irrationality <laughs> of rationality that's my favorite yeah, yeah. FX song oh is it um, good as well Starts off I with really yes, as so many great no effects songs do, um, mm. and yeah, I think that is that is by by far like my my favorite favorite song of theirs. But I I, I like a lot of, of of different ones of theirs. You know, like there's the odd song that really mm. like jumps out at me. Like even more recent songs, like I think Six Years on Dope is a is a oh. brilliant track. Oh, delighted when that one came out. I right? remember my friend Owen who uh, I was in a band with when I was uh, teenagers. And he he was never never as into that sort of US punk as me. He liked things a little artier and stuff. He did enjoy it, mind. But you know, even he commented and said, wow, this is really, really good. After all those years, you put the Mal Yell in anything and it's going to work. Just love Melvin's <laughs> voice. And that's why a lot of their latest stuff, there's a lot more Melvin in it. This is sounding really good. Yeah, you, you can't beat a good Mel yell. Oh, mate, the irrationality of rationality, because it's, it's a serious one. It's about social mm-hmm. issues, uh, problems. The drums are so forward in that mix as well. It's yeah. just, just brutal. Just like exactly what you want of uh, sand and cricket bat. Brilliant. It's got a bit where the goes to nothing but sort of keyboards. Yeah. And then comes back in just launches at you oh yeah great choice red do you know what always one i sort of forget about until i hear it again because they just sort of put it in behind the opening track yeah it's yeah, got yeah. that annoying children sample at the beginning you know oh great choice well done red <laughs> let's what's your favorite album full no effects album full no effects album um you know like i like different I like different ones for different reasons, which I think you're probably get, a lot of people are going to say the same, mm. you know, like, um, um, oh dear, because I think that, I think Punk and Drublick, you know, it might be Punk and Drublick because like, I, I think that it's, I, I think you'd struggle to find a NoFX fan that wouldn't say it's, it's one of their strongest. Mm, yeah. um, I, I think it's got some really, really um, great high points. And then like, uh, I think the, the the album tracks on on 
uh, punk in Drublik, the ones that are like lesser heard, are still really interesting. And there's actually some like um, real like like deviations from their usual formula. Yeah. Um, but I also I I quite like some of their lesser loved albums. I I'm quite a big fan of Coaster. Oh yeah. I think Coaster's got some really 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 great tracks on it. Yeah. I'd struggle to find. Like, I don't think there's um, a NoFX album that I dislike. Um, I think I like them all in a, in a, in a, in a similar range. You know, I think, um, uh, you know, even like Pump Up the, Val- uh, Pump Up the Valium is great. Mm. I, I think they are all great. <laughs> um, but I think if I had to come down on one album, I think it might be the album that I first heard of theirs start to finish. And I, th- and I think that is Coaster. Ah, okay. And I totally understand if people, like, if, if someone's going, oh, I don't think Coaster is their best album. That's totally fair. Like, I, I can, I can, I, oh. I, I understand the arguments why it isn't. But I think just because of my... Sorry, should specifically phrase this question to be favourite, not best. Ah, well, in, in that case, taste. it comes down to my own personal experience with No Effects. Exactly. And the first album that I, I listened to start to finish was Coaster. So I think nice. that's what, I, what I'm going to go with. Good. Yep. There's plenty to like on Coaster. You got the the Quitter. We called it America. Great stuff on there, yeah. Yeah, blasphemy. Suits and ladders. Oh yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Also the uh, was one of my Iron Maiden. Oh yeah. I find myself reaching towards the skip button occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, that uh, Eddie okay. Bruce and Paul. Eddie or... Paul and Bruce, I think. That's it, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> And that song actually reminds me of, of parts of um, Punk in Droblick where they just suddenly go into like weird hair metal guitar that is just <laughs> yeah, yeah. not usually expected. <laughs> no, it's clearly the bit that's making Hefe the happiest that day. Yeah, right. He's, <laughs> he's like, I'm not really into this punk music, but playing with this band is fun. So uh, occasionally he gets the throw in a wah solo and uh, I can pretend <laughs> yeah. I'm in Metallica for a bit. <laughs> you know, you have a favorite lyric? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think that <laughs> I quite like the lyrics on uh, seeing double at the triple rock. Yeah. Because they haven't even attempted to make some of them rhyme. <laughs> no, very few rhymes and no effects, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, like, uh, if you're stuck in Minnesota and there, there's a drinking quota, but, mm. like, uh, um, there's a, a couple bits of that just are very jarring to the song, but I find <laughs> that quite beautiful in its own way. Yes, that is good. You're right. What Do you have a favourite memory of no effects? A favourite memory? Or, like, of... a, a memory that no effects mm. has coloured in some way? So when I saw No Effects at Download Festival, they were on the second stage whilst uh, the, the, the headliners were had, had started. Like the main, the main stage headliners had started and they were on the second stage. So um, the main stage headliners that evening were Black Sabbath. Oh, right. Um, it, was the, it was the last time Sabbath ever played Download and No Effects were on the second stage. And Mike would just stop playing every now and then because he really wanted to hear Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> he was like less interested in doing his own set than he was in just hearing um, hearing Ozzy do fucking <laughs> Crazy Train or whatever. <laughs> Imagine Hefe was doing his impression of him. <laughs> Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? I saw them at Download uh, when 
the headliners were uh, oh the the the, the raging against the machine audio slave oh wow audio slave were headlining and no effects were on in the tent and mike got hefe to like just tap the strings of his guitar in a random order and go that's what you're missing if you by being here (laughs) (laughs) it's really really funny (laughs) the shit talking about other bands is really really funny it's especially funny absolutely taken too seriously like the number of times henry rollins has tried to kick mike's head in has been on the warpath because fat mike has in my opinion accurately pointed out that he was the worst singer in the whole of black flag <laughs> so, you know, well, every time i say that henry gets really mad at me <laughs> you'd have thought it'd just rise above he just rise above but apparently he doesn't very doesn't good it? very good <laughs> thank you teeing that one up nice for a non-fan, and there are some out there, sure. what do you think is the best way in to no effects? I think, you know, going back to what I said about, like, um, when no effects were at their height and I was listening to worse music or, you know, like <laughs> when I was a teenager, there was just, like, worse music about. I think that you've got to, like, tie them into the type, like, like the, the scene of music that they were a part of. Mm. And so I, I, I think if you've never listened to no effects before... I'd give you Franco Un-American. All right. And like, I'd say, hey, remember when like Green Day did all those like anti-Bush gigs? Mm. Well, No Effects also did did those. And this was around then. And I think that would just put them into a context right, yeah. that most people would understand. Mm. And then from there, you can play them, you know, like uh, more uh, quintessential No Effects stuff. But I think Franco Un-American is a good start. Yeah. There's a melody, there's a chorus. I mean, there's a melody in mm-hmm. all of them. There's actually a chorus in that one. Yeah, the standard songwriting structure. There's no chorus in a lot of No Effects songs. There's, they take yeah. up too much time, and Mike doesn't like repeating things. And in fact, I think some of their songs that I'm less interested in tend to be more standard song structure, like... Um, oxymoronic from uh one last ditch efforts yeah it's not a huge fan it's one of the first time he's gone back to just doing uh as many puns as you can fit in at once kind of song which fine no problem with that really it's also just less interesting than most of the other songs on that otherwise very good album i agree i find myself like skipping that track every now and then. yeah what do you think the legacy is Oh, their legacy. Hmm. That's tough, isn't it? I mean, like, I think that, I think the the Fat Records uh, back catalogue is the closest you can get to, like, no effects legacy. I mean, arguably it's Fat Mike's legacy. Yeah. But I think that the imprint that no effects um, and their, their wider sort of, like, uh, scene that they've created has sort of, like, left on punk music is, is just undeniable. Um, Absolutely. And I think that you can hear bits of no effects or at least um, bits of, of fat Mike in, you know, lag wagon um, against me, um, you know, like um, uh, 
obviously like some of bad religion stuff but like uh i'd say that their legacy is is how i can hear them in in so many other bands music yeah um i think uh uh, sorry i was just about to answer the question Uh, i'll answer it later in my own very (laughs) special episode a very special episode sounds like i'm being bullied um it's you, just are, you are very episode. special eddie well, i am it's very special remember that and frequently bullied <laughs> i mean i will be <laughs> what you're doing a nerd podcast about no effects what are you 15 god i wish if i had the opportunity <laughs> to be 15 again things would go pretty much the same to be honest i never learn so <laughs> there's been a little bit of modest beef between like no effects and blink 182 for example yeah mike sure. has said that uh, blink 182 kind of stole their sh- stole their stage shtick stage shtick that's good isn't it you know uh, that kind okay. of thing. admittedly a bit more sophomoric maybe a little more american pie generation that kind of thing but yeah he might be saying that because he likes being a gobshite you know there's who doesn't love a gobshite every now and again one of the songs on on double album, I think it's punk rock cliche. He wrote, he mm-hmm. gave it to Matt Skiba and said, "Please get Blink One Eight Two to record this, but don't tell them I wrote it. Say you did, because he thought it would be funny." And then the other two caught wind of it and refused. <laughs> <laughs> so No Effects recorded it and put it on their last record. I still can't get my head around the fact that Matt Skiba was in Blink One Eight Two. Still baffling. So crazy. I, the the bit that blows my mind is that they got rid of Matt Skiba to get Tom DeLonge back. Like, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> we need the UFO guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think whilst we are like talking about um, NoFX's legacy, one thing that I would recommend if people haven't seen it um that there is a really really great documentary about fat records that only came out uh Mm. maybe three years ago i watched it yeah yeah uh manchester punk festival they actually did like a little premiere of it a fat Um, wreck yeah yeah exactly a fat wreck it is it's brilliant like it it takes you through like all of the quintessential bands on the record um and they one thing that i really like throughout the movie is they make little um they, they make like little eight bit caricatures of each band. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so like e- each section, like each chapter of the movie is split into bands. And so like they'll, they'll come up with, you know, like get dead or like against me or uh, any of these bands that have signed to fat wreck over the years. And they'll play like a little eight bit version of one of their most popular songs. And then they've animated like a little, like a 16 bit as if they're like on Sega Mega Drive and some of those are really yeah, really little cool. fantasy final fantasy characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I I, I love that things. The, the whole documentary is great and it's got such a DIY feel to it. And I suppose that's what No Effects legacy is. It's like the DIY yeah. element that's across yeah. everything they do. I know it was it was like it ended up being official in the end. It was all like official like Yeah, yeah. I, it wouldn't I surprise so. me if it was fan made initially. This is a question you added to this list, and you're about to be hoist by your own petard, my friend. Favorite member of No Effects? Like, so. <laughs> I mean, it should. Be, if we, if if I'm if I'm being fair, right? It's 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 Fat Mike, isn't it? Because like you know, <laughs> there's so much of No Effects. Only you can answer this. This is your favorite again. I know. I can't argue with I you. I know. But come on. Show your workings, I suppose. We all love Eric Melvin. 
Of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I think I think it's Eric Melvin. Well, there you I mean, go. Like, what would no effects be without the Mel yell? A, a sorry state worse. Vital and grossly underutilised for my money. <laughs> Until recently. I mean, now he's the one who sings uh, the verses of Sticking in My Eye because Mike can't yeah. reach there anymore. So they did the uh, the Weekend at Fatty's video where they played all of White Trash and uh, that's when Melvin sang it there. Well, if he's singing a song, it's normally a banger. Like, I know he does yeah. a lot of Six Years on Dope. Um, he, he's a little bit like the... It's like, um, you know... I don't like all of Alkaline Trio, but I think they've got some real standout tracks. And I tend to find any song where the bassist of Alkaline Trio sings is normally a good a good Damn. Alkaline Trio song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's great, yeah. I like a lot of Alkaline Trio. They're hit and miss. For you, maybe. But <laughs> the, the the thing I like about... <laughs> I, th- I only... Only on the tracks that sound a little bit too like Blink One Eight Two ish, like because I do think that they're they're almost like in between No Effects and and Blink One Eight Two in terms of their sound. Cool. Well, this has been the first episode of Punk Rock Elite, a podcast about No Effects. We found out Red Redman's relationship to No Effects. Thanks a lot for sharing that, Red. Now we've got a better idea of how you fit in with this. Absolutely. And I think to to add context to the, oh, the podcast, do. I think that you are the punk rock elite of the oh. two of us. I, I'm I'm very much here um for you know for for, for emotional support. Um but if, if you <laughs> want someone needed. who's like like more knowledgeable on no effects, like like Eddie really does like know his shit. Um <laughs> I, I just quite enjoy how they sound. <laughs> sure. I think due to O C D I go through things in my head many, many, many times over. So they end up sticking. So if I find out a thing, I'll just repeat that in my own head forever. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that's technically intrusive thoughts. And if you do do that, you can actually get some help because apparently your life could be better, easier, and less sad if you don't do that. <laughs> but what the other side of that is the decades I've been doing that. It means everything I've ever enjoyed has been burned into my mind lots of knowledge and i've got decent recall i'm not sure about the elite but maybe maybe that's the context anyway we'll find out in the next uh, episode when red asks me those questions we'll see how long we go on for absolutely i'm really looking forward to that as well so am i Thank you ever so much for listening, everyone. If you're not subscribed, please do. Share us around to people who you think would enjoy it. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye, Red. Bye-bye, Eddie. Hooray! Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a Pick Scraped and Fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.